0: just me a place to be me where you get to experience life life is a journey not a guided tour if you want the rainbow you have to go through the rain welcome welcome welcome
1: to another episode of just me and we're going to continue our dialogue on stress and the school we know it's that time of the year when our loved ones Whether they're four and five or 23 and 25, they're going back to school from elementary through college. And we did do a couple of episodes on how stress affects the um, the child. And then we looked at how it affects staff. And now we're going to look into how to participate in your child's success because we know every school year is different. So we want to make sure we give our loved ones all that they need this school season. So we're going to talk some areas about how to participate in your child's success. And one of those areas we're going to look at is consistency. Consistency. Oftentimes we hear like get into a good routine. So depending on where you're from, how you was raised, you might um, interchange those words back and forth. That's up to you. But just me, I want to talk about being consistent Example. Being a consistent example for your child. A lot of times, we often put demands and expectations on our children, but we tell them what we want, and then six months later, we give, we ask, "Hey, did you do that? Did we do? Did you do this?" We have to be consistent, and consistency can be in many different areas, depending on the dynamics of your family. For instance, if you are a single parent. It looks different than what it looks like if you're being raised by both mommy and daddy. You might be living with grandma or granddaddy or auntie or uncle, but we need to be consistent in different areas. One area that I think is important is showing love. Be consistent in how we show love, and that too is going to look different. But for a child to hear that I love you and I have your support, when they're going out, again, they're trying to learn new items, learn new things, to hear that they have your support and love, being consistent, not just telling them on their birthday or on Christmas or Thanksgiving. You know, let's be consistent in doing that. Another area that I like um, consisting is in doing your best as a parent and as a child. So the best will look different on each and every one of us. So I know even in raising my children, It was grades, 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 grades. So I want to challenge you to move from grades to goals. So if you start setting goals with your children, and again, we all want those A's and B's, but what if your child A looks like a C? And they did everything they could to earn that C, make that C feel like an A, but be consistent in how you do that. Another area is celebrating every success. Being consistent when they do achieve that achievement, you know, give them some praise. Don't make it look, oh, that's like nothing. No, a child want to be praised. Be consistent in doing that. We want them to have a successful year. Whether they joined a club, whether they got a B and you wanted an A, even getting up and getting dressed and getting on the school bus, that's a success because some of them don't want to go to school. We don't know if they're being bullied. We don't know if they're having trouble learning. So let's not overlook the small successes in everything. Let's just be consistent. Now, I know I talked a lot, and I just threw it out there, talking about consistency, um, being success. What do you ladies feel about um, consistency as being a key to participating in the success of our children? I know for um, just me, consistency helps decrease stress because we're planning, and as you said, we have a routine, and the children know what to expect when you have a routine, and that definitely helps as it relates to um, alleviating stress. And something else she said, um, as it relates to, you know, the parents' showing up with the consistency in the routine and setting goals was i my daughter had something um that i wanted for her to wanted her to complete and i was like did you complete the the activity because there was a deadline so she showed me the paper and she was like i didn't do it and i was like you missed the deadline but what i did was i told her to do it and i wasn't consistent as it relates to following up with her to make sure that she did do it so we have to participate in within these routines that we are wanting our kids to participate in
0: now miss smith i'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here um because i think that you're not the only parent who does this and what if a parent says Oh, well, I have a high or I have a college student, they should know how to complete this and they should um, be responsible enough to get this done. Or even for our little bitty, um, little bitty elementary schoolers or middle schoolers, um, I've told them how to put their clothes in a laundry hamper. Why do I have to tell them every day? They should know how to do it. So what do you say to parents who feel like this is a routine that, they've always, that I've always told them so they should know how to do it?
1: I would say that let's be realistic as it relates to things. When it comes to us, we're constantly reminded as it relates to um, how to do things because we're distracted by so many things. So we have to be very intentional as it relates to reminding them and also showing them how to do things because we're talking about children. So they don't have the life experiences that we have as it relates to sometimes remembering to do things. And that's why we have to be intentional as it relates to really showing them, making sure we're consistent with the routine. And then if they get off the routine or get sidetracked, being very intentional as it relates to not getting upset with them, but just reminding them as it relates to what needs to be done. And I know for myself that I'm trying to do that more because we don't know what they have going on, as Miss Tracy said, during that moment when they needed to do something. So it's very important that, you know, we check in as it relates to what needs to be done, remind them, and also not to be,
0: not to get upset with them. And I would add to that, um, I know your kids are older, um, and we Think about the little kids with um, consistency and routine, tell them to pick up their clothes or take out the trash or do their homework. And it becomes frustrating for parents when they um, feel like they have to say it every day. But... That is the consistency. It's yeah, saying it, it every day. Why, why, why. Even though you feel like I told you on Monday, why do I have to tell you again on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday? Because that child needs consistency. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at older kids, it is still needing that consistency because behavior is not something that happens. Behavior change is something is not something that happens overnight. So our kids, our teenagers, our college students have to be reminded different things. But more importantly, as they get older, they still, their responsibilities look different. Mm -hmm. So we cannot assume that they know how to um, do their schedule so that they make deadlines or fill out college applications or write down reminders because those things are things that they have not done before. Correct. And so when we get frustrated, I hear parents say that, you know, they should know how to keep track of their their homework or different things of that nature. But while they should, they are also at a different level of the behavior task at this time. Mm-hmm. So they have never been in high school before. So we could say shoulda, coulda, what is all day long. But this teenager has still never been through teenage years before. Mm -hmm. This college student has never been through college before. So when we say shoulda, coulda, wouldas, we need to kind of put that onus back on ourselves. We may have gone through that. So we think it's second nature, but at the end of the day, our mini-me's have not gone through that. So Mm -hmm. consistency, very important, but I like what Ms. Smith said that I have to take some of that onus back on me because Hey, I didn't remind her, mm-hmm. and that's okay. So now I know what to do differently. Mm-hmm. And you had
1: mentioned something too, like consumers to be a consistent example. The many means people are all, people are watching. They are watching you. So if we are consistent, too, we 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 get to be that role model of consistency for them. Mm-hmm. Consistency um, can be used as like a measuring stick to see the progress to see how you have if you set a goal consistent in doing it, you can actually use it as a measuring stick to where routine is for um, I eating. I know I need to eat three times a day if I want to gain this weight I'm supposed to eat. I need to be consistent in order to get that goal. Routinely, if I eat at 9 o'clock breakfast, 12 o'clock lunch, and 5 o'clock dinner, that routine and my body will match up and I can cycle. So. I can be consistent in eating and then form a routine and have it structured a certain time of the day. Ooh. So it's a difference between consistency and routine. And you can use consistency kind of like to measure. Uh, we were like Miss Smith said, I have to take a step back to see what can I do different or change because I should have stayed on her and she would have got it done. So next time when a project comes, I won't do the same, like you say, behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something different and be consistent because last time I only said it once. This time when she has a date, I know in two days I'm going to do a follow-up. Mm-hmm. And that's just changing. If that works, make that a routine. So the next time, every time, and it kind of like develops. So it all depends on how you like um, interchange the words mm-hmm. um, to it. But i still that consistent example to be, to help our children to be mm-hmm. successful, especially during this year. And some of the routines that you can form, um, Ms. Smith, you have mentioned something about um, healthy habits, having a routine sleeping pattern. You know, if they got to get up at 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock to take the bus, they can't be up at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock playing the game mm-hmm. <laughs> and watching Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> get them on a, a regular sleeping. The same yeah. thing we with eating. Um, we know that... um. Kids stress out. We talked about that in our, our first episode on the stress, that uh, forming routine habits has medically been proven to reduce stress. Right. So we can help our children by forming routines, especially when it put them to bed on time, mm-hmm. make sure they're eating, hygiene, get them in routine. So it's a lot of things as as parents and adults that we can do to help um Make sure our kids are successful this year. Oh, we got a hand raiser. She practicing like she's in the fourth
0: grade. Everybody, <laughs> <laughs> what if consistency is hard and we waver? Is that okay? Yes, it's, it's okay. all happen. It will happen. It will happen. Why? I get off track because life happens. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so life happens. You will get off track. So you get back on the road, mm-hmm. and this time we get back on the road. Something may change. The routine may change because of life and its happiness. But it's okay. Yes. Yes. Some people that's okay. No way. Sometimes when people get off a routine, they just
0: give up. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a good example of that. I'll I right. I will do negative self talk. I'll like, I can't I can't be consistent about anything or I'll beat myself up about mm-hmm. it. Cognitive distortion. Yep so that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. That is not supportive because it is hard to do consistency in routine. Mm-hmm. So giving yourself grace when you do teeter mm-hmm. and say, okay, let's get back on ball. Mm-hmm.
1: And it takes time to develop a routine. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you can develop overnight. Mm-hmm. So you have to really look at your life holistically and then develop a routine. And. The routine that you make for your family is for your family. You can't do what Aunt Lucy does and the family across the road does because their they life may be different. So you figure out what's best for your family. But when you make that change, for me, it seems like it's easier when you, instead of taking on the whole mountain, take like one little pebble at a time. I want to be consistent in this area. And you Good work job. on that area. Small steps. Because when you do that big picture mm-hmm. and you lose your footing, ooh, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, to, to challenge those negative thoughts that come in. Mm-hmm. But if we, like I say, minimize some of the things and just do a little, little, little at a time until that change that we desire manifests itself.
0: Yeah. So let's go on to a second thing that can help with your child's success. Um, in addition to consistency and routine, parent involvement, caregiver involvement, mm. guardianship involvement, um, and what that looks like. So, involvement um, and engagement has been broken down into two different things. But for all intents and purposes, for this episode, we're going to um, lump them together. Involvement and participation from a, um adult mentor and uh, Caregiver in the household has been shown to reduce behavior challenges in the school for children and for teenagers and college students, um, improve at academic performance, um, lower negative self esteem. Okay, so it's supporting that person, that child, or that teenager's overall self esteem, um, academic engagement. So all of these different things, so academic performance and social performance are all increased when that caregiver is actively involved. But that looks different on different levels. So with our elementary and middle school kids, that may look like going to the PTA meetings um, and versus and going to the PTA meetings and depending on what your life um, and your schedule holds, being able to engage and participate, maybe signing up for a committee, um, or not, depending Mm -hmm. on what you have room in your schedule because not everybody has that room in their schedule and I get it. Um, So even if it's just showing up, that's okay. That consistency, showing up, seeing what's going on in your child's school environment, that is a concern overall, what the teachers are concerned about, how you can support the teachers. Um, Having those, um, going to the report card um, evaluation Parent-teacher conference. Thank you. Parent-teacher <laughs> conferences. They they changed. Yeah. But going to the parent-teacher conferences, being receptive to hear what the academic administrators are saying about your child mm-hmm. in order to support any type of behavior changes or consistency that needs to happen at home. Um And then on the teenage level, high schoolers and even college students going to activities or events that they're interested in. So that may mean going to a athletic event that may mean um, encouraging your student or your um, your child to participate in any type of club or activity where they are also getting that social emotional support, because while academics and grades are important. That is only one aspect of a child's development. Okay. So, with that being said, what are some other recommendations that you guys have? And, well, I, I like the
1: involvement, but one thing that um, I don't see quite often is that we owe, as parents, we overstep our um, involvement and we try to live through our children. Mm. And um, involvement does not mean living. Through your children, yeah, and I think a lot of times it sh- it stretches into that area when we when we try to get involved, we get too involved, and it's like we're you know going back and oh, then not I, your gear, yeah, yeah, it's like I don't even want to play volleyball, ma. <laughs> what do you mean? I was the captain of the volleyball team, like one of those scenarios, but um one thing as you was talking, I was over here laughing because all my my kids are out the house, but I have grandchildren. And I always say, Whoo, when a, when their parents got to take them to all of the games, and they got four games a week, you know, on the same day on Friday, all these games, and I'm like, I'm glad I'm just a grandparent. Like y'all gotta go, but I'm part of their support system, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's just as valuable for me to be there as mommy and daddy. Yeah, to be there for them to see me, even if I if I'm there for five minutes or two minutes, to know that I came. I'm involved in what you're doing. Or if mommy or daddy can't make uh, the conference, uncle, sister, somebody, you go up and you talk to the teacher on behalf Mm -hmm. of the parent and you share because we're we're, we're part of that. It takes on village. Yeah. But we we, we definitely need that um, involvement. It is definitely important Mm -hmm. for the success. And additional ways that parents um, can be involved is Volunteering in the classrooms, joining with beautification of the school grounds, fundraisers, being a chaperone. Um, there are so many things that they can do, you can do as parents to be involved. Now, I'm going to put a little twist into this because I had this conversation earlier with my son. They're doing a, a fundraiser for the football team and I told him I was going to do something extra, Extra. he was like, calm down. You done this enough. <laughs> Let other people do something. <laughs> and when I thought about it, I was like, I may be causing concerns for him with his friends as it relates to, you know, giving him all the, you know, right, the, right, right. oh, <laughs> Smith's mom is doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And his friends may not appreciate that. So he was like, this morning, allow other people to do something. So I stepped back. So we have to be, we have to talk to our kids, mm-hmm. but we also have to listen and like process. That. Because sometimes, as moms, we could become
0: over-involved, but we may be affecting those peer relationships. And I think another thing that is important with that is when we talk about being involved, Knowing what your your young person needs in order to support their healthy growth and development with your involvement. Mm-hmm. So if you're fixated on grades, but and you, you kind of chastise your child for not getting an a, a b, or a C um when at the bare minimum, they have trouble communicating with the teacher to ask what the assignments are about. Mm-hmm. It may be that instead of being that parent that goes and is concerned about grades, Maybe you need to take a step back and help your child or teenagers better communicate with the teacher, mm-hmm. and then that will eventually get to the academic numerical success that mm-hmm. you want. But if they can't, if they don't even have comfort in talking to the teacher, then how are they going to be able to ask the teacher questions about um, an assignment in order to get to that good grade? Right.
1: That is true. Like really encouraging your young person to take more responsibility as it relates to within the classroom, because that was another concern. Also with my son, I, don't know, I need some. Thank you all for this session. <laughs> <laughs> because his teacher called him out last year. You know your mom? And then the kids start laughing. Yeah. So you have to be very mindful as it relates to how are assistant, assisting your kid? Because once again it affects peer relationships. I'm glad you said that because I'm again I'm over here laughing. How many school projects did you complete for your child? I complete the couple. Or like you go to bed, I'ma finish this. <laughs> Stop doing them projects, y'all. Not <laughs> complete. No, I will I will I used to help with the end. I wouldn't do it in the totality. Be like, what you doing over? Yeah. Oh no, you should do that. You yeah. let them get their grade. Yeah. Stop. You already graduated. Mm-hmm. Stop doing the work. Yeah. Now I would say they they had their own style, and I was like, no, this is not right. So you need to do it this way. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, that's breaking down their self yeah. confidence, their self esteem, because. Uh that's what I wanted to do. So I told no, we're not gonna do it this way. We're gonna do it this way. And then what happened with that is they wouldn't tell me anymore <laughs> 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 that they had because they would uh uh-uh. uh I was like, Well, why you didn't tell me about this? And they were like, I got it, I got yeah. it, I got it and I was like, That's why because I would dictate it. Yeah. So so involvement coming from our eyes looked different from involvement coming from the child's eyes we like so even asking the question what is it that you want me to do or what can i do we ask that after we did all that i right. can do yes. I, I know i know i'm guilty <laughs> definitely yeah. guilty yeah so and then we got the nerd up like get the duck lips when they challenge us like ma mm-hmm. <laughs> calm they get that calm down like what you talking about willing so it is it's it's amazing how we start or what we think we're doing right easily can get um miskewed and be wrong. But we we don't go out or wake up with that intention. So our mommies and daddies are sorry if any children are listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's the third thing? So the third thing is social support. Mm. And social support is the help provided by family, friends, groups, or communities. And when we talk about social support, it can help fulfill emotional, tangible, tangible, informational, or support or social needs. So all so all social support system should not look the same. Mm. And we also should not put all our social support system in one basket with just a certain group of people. Now, the benefits of social support is an improved physical health. We talked about the helicopter mom how she wants to do everything. But That affects our physical health. Mm -hmm. The benefits of social support is feeling feeling of security. It helps reduce stress within the family. It improves mental well-being. Also, knowing that you have a social support system as it relates to the family, it improves self-esteem. And greater life satisfaction. Everybody in the family is, is happy because we have a huge support system. Now there are four types of support systems that we may want to think about when it comes to identifying who is going to do what within that social support system. So a first social one of the one the first social support system. I want families to think about is who can provide us emotional support? And when I say emotional support, that means help managing emotion such as stress, anger, or depression, or someone that can listen to you and your problems. So you may want to go to your mom, but is your mom the best social support system as it relates to your emotions right now? She may be four hours away. So you might want to identify someone local that can be your emotional support system. And also for some families, we need a tangible support system. And that is someone that can possibly assist us when we're having financial concerns. We may not be able to pay for daycare this week. So who would be that person that can assist me financially with that, where I can receive funds from them and they don't constantly remind me that I have to pay them back? Providing a ride to school for the kids when I can't take the kids to school. Who can do that? Who will be able to show up for that? So once again, my emotional support person that I depend on to help as it relates to problem solving may not be the same as my tangible, tangible support person. Another type of social support I want us to be mindful for is informational support. Someone that is very helpful with linking me to resources. So my information support system, for example, is a friend that is a guidance counselor at a high school. So she would be my support system as it relates to information regarding resources regarding college, fundraisers, because she has experience in that area. Now, I wouldn't go to her for tangible support because she's taking care of her grandchildren. But she would be my informational support person. And the last one is social needs person. Someone that I can depend on for security and contentment. Someone that can just sit with me. I'm not wanting anything from them. I just want them to be that person that is very content. And that's my retired neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So as I discussed, there are different types of social support systems that you should be mindful of as it relates to identifying support. Emotional. And that has helped you manage your stress, anger, and depression, or listening to you. Tangible support. Someone that has the financial means. Or that can provide a ride for my children. Or just help me with childcare. The informational support person. That's the person that has all the helpful resources. If they don't have the resources, they know who have them. And that social needs person, someone that I could just sit with. I have a question. Go ahead. Do people move in and out of our support tiers? Yes. Because once again, life changes. Yep. People come, people go. So do not feel stressed if you notice that a certain person cannot be that support for you emotionally anymore. I mean, you may have been some loss as it relates to that change, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Go ahead. So what if you are all three of those for about 30 people? You are that support. You are the emotional, you are the tangible, and you are the informational. And mm-hmm. for 30 people, you are the one. And for sure, you're probably depressed, overwhelmed, high blood pressure, et cetera. You can't be everything for everybody. I have a question. Yeah. How do I schedule an appointment? <laughs> <laughs> so you go to your that, counselor center, gso.com, and then you will find information as it relates to how to link to a therapist. But that's how many of us operate. We take the role of all three. And we know it yeah. and we don't do anything about it. Yeah. That's because most of the time we want to be in control. Yep. But you're not in control. You're out of control.
0: Out right. Of- you are out of control by trying to be in control yeah. to everybody. Correct. <laughs> right. So if if you're
1: like that, how can you be a positive person in the success of a child? If you are you can identify yourself with out of control. How do you reel yourself back in so you can be that consistent example, so you can have that involvement? Because right now, I just realize I am out of control. Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge that you need the help. Okay. So you have to come to terms, I can't do everything by myself. <laughs> so once you acknowledge it, that's half of the problem. And then after you acknowledge it, you communicate it to someone that can link you to resources or communicate it to people around you. And you'd be surprised how when you communicate things, how people will show up Mm -hmm. and help. And do not be ashamed. A lot of times we're ashamed. We see that as being weak as it relates to knowing that we need help, but we don't want to admit that we need it. It's very difficult this day and time for a two-parent family Mm -hmm. to take care of the kids. You have to have support. And people will say, well, there's not support around. I do not believe that. There's someone that can assist if you communicate. Mm -hmm. Because the support that a single house, a single parent household needs is going to look different. A A support that a A grandparent that's raising children, the support they need is going to look different. You know, so you you said something that says, I can't do everything by myself. And if we want to participate in your child's success, you have to swallow that pill. You can't do it by yourself. It
0: uh, It cannot.
1: You need help being consistent, help with involvement, Mm -hmm. and help with support. We have a tribe, so so it, it's amazing how so when we started on our journey, you know, just talking about it, that even at the end, it's not it's not a one person show. It's it's a tribal a tribal event. We always hear that um slogan: it takes a a, a tribe to raise a vi- a child in the village in the tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do it by yourself. A lot of times, we like to um you know operate. As an individual, but we got the resources. We got doctors. <laughs> yes, we got teachers. <laughs> Everything. So we are um, acting as a resource to to the community, even in having these discussions. So hopefully, um, as as you learn from from these discussions, that we make our community better than what it looked like yesterday by just taking smaller steps.
0: And I would add to that what the whole social support concept is that a lot of times um in black and brown communities we don't like to step outside of the family, so whatever emotion is going on, whatever overwhelming thing is going on, and it could be with with my child or it could be with my teen or it could be with my my college student. I don't want to let everybody in on what's going on. I don't want every everyone to let everybody in in a family because if I share my concern with the family, then that leaves opportunity for judgment, and we don't like to be judged. So I know for a lot of situations, um, talking to family members about sexuality, my child's sexuality, what does that look like? Why well, I don't want my family to judge my family or my immediate family, so I'm just not going to say anything about it. But really, internally, I'm struggling with it. Okay, so if that is true, why not go out and get that emotional support? To talk about it, because by holding it in, you are physically hurting yourself and then you're hurting your child because you may be you probably are unintentionally projecting Mm -hmm. um, your own negative values or own biased comments onto your child. And so when we talk about child success, how is that helping your child? Because nine times out of 10, you're not listening to your child. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, plug for therapy, is that Mm -hmm. (laughs) taking the initiative to get that other ability to see something a different way. And working through that information, working through that concern that you have, working through those those emotions, because if you feel so concerned with amongst your family that you're going to be judged, criticized, ostracized or anything of that nature, then maybe your family is not that social support that they can that you need. It's okay to go to an outside or somebody else, whereas you're going to be um, receptive to that information that's being provided and able to talk about it. So maybe the family is good for tangible support or informational support. Right. Maybe my friend is good for social support, but not emotional support. Right. My mom and my dad are good for tangible and informational support, but not emotional support. <laughs> and most
1: kids will say that right
0: <laughs> Tangible, yes.
1: Emotional, uh-uh. Right. Not even close. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's,
0: yeah, you would want your kid to come to you yes, if you know tangible supports. You don't want your child to go to somebody else for tangible supports if they're not a good support for them. That's so, correct. yes, come to me. I'm not going to tell you yes every time. That's correct. But you want to leave that support open for them. Mm-hmm. So I like what you said, Miss Smith, about breaking down social supports. Yeah, yeah. And
1: just being flexible and recognize that they will change. Mm-hmm. And then with this conversation that we have um, brought to talk about today, it just makes us become more aware of how teachers need our support. Mm-hmm. They have 25 to 30 children Mm -hmm. that they have to take care of every day. So with this discussion that we're having today, this is why they need our
0: support. Yep. Yep. They see your child just as much as you, if not more, Mm -hmm. throughout the day. Oh, yes. So why would you not build a working relationship with them? Correct. They're taking care of your child just as much as you are.
1: Yeah. And that that would be an interesting thing, too, just to poll some teachers to ask what type of support do you need from parents? That's yeah, a good point. Yeah. Maybe we, can, maybe we can do an episode on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yeah. Yes.
0: So good talk today, guys. Good talk today. We definitely had a lot of um, information that um, swarmed around about how to participate in your child's success as the caregiver, parent, whatever you identify as your child in your child's life. How do you show up and actively participate in their success? Um, So we're going to give you guys um, our three nuggets from our points of view of how to support your child's success. Ms. Tracy, what's your nugget? Let's see. My nugget
1: definitely would be consistent example. Be that consistent example. If you have to start off making new routines and forming new habits, get them to bed on time, make sure they're eating, show them some love, support them emotionally, don't do their projects, <laughs> but be consistent. Just be that a consistent example. Don't just be a mouth say it. be a doer too.
0: There you go. My nugget is involvement. Make sure that you're showing up. Make sure, and it looks different for every child, every family, every parent, but make sure you are involving yourself in what's going on in their academic success, in their social success, being present. Because it is very hard for children, teenagers, and college students because this is the first time they're going through this phase of life. We've gone through this. But by being involved and showing up, you are helping to guide them. And that consistency and that involvement helps to guide them through their success. Ms. Smith, what you got? Practice
1: self-care. Because self-care is definitely needed for this work of being involved. So if you're not taking care of yourself, you cannot show up and be a support for your children. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right, guys. So we have the consistency routine. We have involvement. We have social supports and self-care. So thank you guys so much for checking in with us. And until next time, take care of yourself so that we could take care of each other. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to Just Me Podcast. If you are seeking further one-on-one consultations, worksheets, and action steps from the ladies at Just Me Podcast, please review the monthly subscription packages starting at $9.99 at www.patreon.com That's backslash Me podcast and the number one. If you are seeking further one-on-one diagnoses, interventions, and treatment plans, please consider scheduling an appointment with an individual counselor at Journeys Counseling Center. Journeys can be reached at 336-294-1349. The mission of Just Me Podcast is to use authentic conversations to uplift one's mind, body, and soul. The goal of Just Me podcast is to offer affordable education and insight to individuals who experience financial barriers to accessing individualized behavioral health support. With that being said, the information, including opinions, advice, and recommendations discussed in this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Such information is not intended to substitute the recommendations of your own licensed therapist or healthcare provider. Although we are licensed behavioral health professionals, we are not your licensed behavioral health professional. As a result, the advice mentioned on this podcast should not replace the recommendations offered by your own qualified health professional.